Welcome back to the Gnome Boys. We've got our episode six, the penultimate episode recap of the White Lotus. But before we get into that, a couple things. Neil was with was not with us last week. So we got to get his, his MVP, LVP, and death prediction from last week and any thoughts he wants to contribute to the episode five discussion if he has anything to I've been go over specifically. so excited, Hambone. I don't know about you. I've really been excited to hear from Neil. I've been holding off all week asking him. Oh, I feel like I oh, need uh... Well, we asked about the theory, yes, but I want to hear about the MVP, like all this stuff. I'm very excited. I mean, I feel like I should have prepared a lot more if you're that excited for it too. Here. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So LVP, I'll go Ethan. I think one of you two had it as well. Dirk, did you have it? Oh, yeah. I feel Dirk like he's did. just he's just drooping around the whole time. Like he's just <laughs> not like adding any like like he doesn't need to add like, it's like excitement Eeyore. or yes. Eeyore, Eeyore's better than that. <laughs> but he's just kind of like, I don't know, he's just sulking around and it's just like, dude, just, I don't know, man, go swim in the pool or something. Like, <laughs> All right, so that's LVP. MVP was a tough one. Um, I think I'm going to go with Hambage on this one with Daphne. Um, oh, that's what you picked him up? Yep. Yep, because we, we all we uh, all picked Daphne, actually. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's Dirk as well. Yeah. Because then Hambage, you went on about uh, you picked her multiple times now and you didn't think you didn't be able to pick her at all. Yeah. I couldn't remember if you picked her last week too. Okay. Nice. So we're, so that's a three. That's a, that's a, uh, that's a sweep right there for the LVP, huh? The trifecta. For the MVP, excuse me. Yeah. That's the, I'm just double checking. I think that's the first. Yeah. Neil, you're right. On, no, on I don't, any of them. I don't think we've had a sweep at all for anyone. On either I don't of think them. So yeah, either. I'm double checking no. here. But I think Neil's right. You picked Daphne a few times, right, Ambone? I've picked her uh, three times. She's yeah. running away with the MVP award. I right think now. your first time was when I think you mentioned it too about her shopping, and you're like, "Oh, gonna pick her for that." The the drunk charity. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, we're gonna have to get an update after uh, tonight, Ambone. Um, yep. Yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah. I'll update where where things stand going into the finale. Yep. All right. Who's All on right. your death watch, Neil? Death. I feel like I've changed it a few times, and I was I was with Greg for a while. Then it was either. You want Greg, Greg, Cameron, Quentin. Okay. So and you Ooh. guys touched on it too, where it's like there's are multiple bodies. So they kind of kind of skews my direction a little bit. I was I'll go with Quentin, but it's like Quentin and his crew. Cause like clearly there's gonna be more than one person. They've well yeah, that's what we that. were saying last week. We're like they're they do say they said in the premiere where Rocco says, our guy Rocco, look at the yeah. guy, Rocco getting a win this week. Um, finally, finally, that, man, that there are multiple bodies, but we've been yeah, going dude, off congrats of, to Rocco, man. <laughs> you know, once the date, once the date, that'll be like a between season three and four special episode. The Rocco is oh, another wedding. Oh, yes, It'd be incredible. Yeah, um, that, that there are, of course, multiple bodies, but we've been going off of who is like the body that mm-hmm. Daphne finds. So, yeah, it, it's a little skewed because I'm guessing there'll be multiple characters that we are familiar with that die, but we're just going off of who is the. The body Daphne comes across, but like, you, but the thing is, like, an argument can even be made for you know Cameron, Ethan, Harper, like those three as well. That can be multiple bodies as well. But Neil's I mean, getting into the semantics here, huh? I'm bone. 
but for this, I'll just I'll stick with Quentin. Okay. Hey, Aaron, right. would you mind running down quick what you and I have gone each week for the death? I went Albie, Albie, Cameron, Cameron Poor Albie. Greg. You went Dom, Dom, Cameron, Cameron, Greg. So we've been in locks after the last three three weeks. Neil started with Greg. He went Greg, Greg, Cameron, Quentin, Quentin. Because Greg just sucked. <laughs> Still does. Still does. It's I don't I mean, with Dirk's with uh, with Dirk's theory that he had, it does bring Greg back into the picture. That does end up being true for him being the death, but we'll see. Yep. Yep. We'll we'll see on that. So um I was telling you guys, I was re-watching the the season ahead of this episode so I could go into this week and then the finale full on theory or anything. So I didn't catch a ton that that I didn't um catch the first time around. Um, the one thing from the premiere, which I actually, which I, which I texted to you guys, is when Daphne is mentioning they're talking about what they watch and what they do in their in their free time, mm-hmm. and and Daphne mentions she watches Dateline. You know, husbands murdering their wives on vacation happens more than more than you think. And we thought the first time that that was alluding to maybe like a a Daphne or Cameron death, and now based off of last week and where things are headed now, it might mean might have been a very early you know hint at at Greg and Tanya. So so we'll see on that. Um the door connecting Harper and Ethan's or Harper and Ethan's and Daphne Cam- Cameron's room finally came to play this week. That had not been touched on at all. So we'll get to that. Two episodes in a row, one and two mentioned Cameron's lost luggage. Just something to mention. I don't think it's gonna come into play at all, but they mentioned it twice. So Honestly, I, totally for- I totally forgot about it too. So that was kind of odd to me. Um, we maybe finally got a payoff on the on the wet rag in room two twenty two. Wait, what? So remember in the premiere? Yeah. What What did you catch that we did in here? So when Val- Valentina and Mia go to a suite, it's, it's on the second floor, which, which she knows is empty. We never see okay. the we never see the room, uh... but we we caught the room two twenty two reference because it seems so oddly specific to have that get mentioned. So like, I'm assuming what's the wet rag? That that's what um Valentine was on the phone with one of the employees in the premiere and says like it's it's unacceptable that a guest found a wet rag in their closet and yeah. it was room two twenty two. So I'm assuming that's where Valentina and Mia went. But I see. minor payoff, if anything. I'm uh, are... to... Okay. When that happens in the premiere, so is that said in the same time as like when the deaths just happened or when they found the deaths? It it was er, it was early in, in the episode. It's that okay. wasn't the focus. You had to have subtitles on pretty much to to catch what she was saying specifically. Right. No, I got what she was saying. I'm just trying to remember like the time frame of when she said it, like what day it was. Oh yeah, the, the, the first day, because it was episode one. So then that wouldn't correlate then with the wet rag happening in this last episode. No, no. That so then the guests probably left and switched rooms. So they had a, they had an an, an unexpected mm. empty room. Again, not really anything of note, but we did mention that and we we're wondering if it was going to pay off at all. Just trying to uh, run my fact checks here. Of course. And then episode two, like Dirk and I touched on last week, Greg insisted they come to Sicily. He freaked out when Portia, when he saw Portia was there. Um, just kind of some more more clues that that he was going to be up to up to no goods. Mm-hmm. Um just just another reminder, episode three, that LB sucks 
for his Godfather takes. Just had to <laughs> just had to get that out there one more time. Um, the tarot card reading, it all makes sense again. I did do a little Reddit digging on this because as to- as the fortune teller is leaving, she says some stuff in Italian that they don't subtitle for us. Oh, I looked this up too. So I so Reddit had they can't they don't know for sure because they couldn't completely make it out. It's either one of two things. It either translates to the crazy woman will bring you to suicide or um, madness will drive you to suicide. So one thought is that Tanya, the crazy lady, going to drive Portia to suicide or depending on the wording, because the two words are very close. It's like a letter different in the Italian word, which changes what the meaning is. And then the madness will drive you to suicide could mean Tanya's going to commit suicide similar to the Madame Butterfly opera they saw the previous mm. episode, that episode where the main character does kill herself in the end. So there are some some correlations there. Um, and then just noting again that Quentin and his group show up right after Greg leaves. Curious timing. And Jack's chest tattoo in Roman numerals is 666. Interesting. I didn't even, yeah, I didn't notice that. Was I didn't notice that either. And, you know, it, I don't think it means more than more than what's on the surface there that he's not, you know, the devil, but he's representing something bad that's going to happen to the people he comes across. Um, Can I just try my cooking mode? Yeah. So I was looking up. Um, I didn't look up or I didn't look into uh, what you did with the tarot card, like the uh, the um, Italian uh-huh. meaning. Like I read it, but I didn't what I was looking up uh, uh, more so was uh, what the cards meant. I went back and like went went into that, and the gist of it, like people obviously have their own um, idea, I guess, of what it could mean. But the gist of it that I kind of took away is sort of exactly what you're saying: um, that someone's going to commit suicide, and I think that that would um, would would kind of track, you know, with Tanya at the first episode. Is I don't ever jump from here, you know, stuff like that. So it's mm-hmm. interesting that you what you just explained, Hambone, kind of similar actually with the tarot cards too. Like with Interesting. The, uh, I don't think I don't think I connected the the offhanded question if anyone's ever jumped from there. Remember at the yeah, like, yeah, I, I, I remember oh, yeah, now. Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't I didn't connect it as that's just what I my brain yeah. went to right away. No, when, that, that's when a I good call. This, so it'll be interesting. Uh, just a couple more things here before we get to the actual episode. Um, so the remember the brooch Valentina gives Isabella, it's a starfish. Mia also had starfish earrings on earlier in the season so i I did look up Mm -hmm. to see what the starfish might mean it's kind of like love guidance intuition brilliance so then it is kind of interesting then that mia and valentina come together after both being connected to that symbol and it might just be more than that or nothing more than that that there is some sort of connection between the two um episode five it still struck me that there was no no mention of alessio until this episode that his whole thing just feels too convenient and too yeah i'm not so planned out so we'll we'll get into that when he shows up again here and then i'm just i'm i'm even more convinced that daphne's you know quote unquote trainer lawrence is just her son yeah i mean after rewatching that scene that's like when i when i first saw it my assumption was like when she said get yourself a trainer it's like have a kid the I, thing I that, think you guys want the opposite. I'm, I'm going opposite. That. No, I, saying... I, I'm 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 fully on that on board with that. And Dirk okay. was saying that maybe the kid is the trainer's son, so that camera isn't. Yeah, the yeah. 
That's, anyway, uh, wait, I can it, see it both ways. But that's just yeah. the first way I went with it. After last week's episode, Neil? Yep. Okay, so after this week, let's just clarify here. What side are you two on now? Or same. do you want to wait to talk about the same one? Probably still the same. I'll say really? the same. Yeah. I don't think anything oh, I, happened. I, what happened? I couldn't be, we'll get into it more, but yeah. just putting it out there, I couldn't be more on the other side now after this week's episode. Oh, I like it. Um, the two things for me on that one from episode five is when Harper says, this is just a picture of your kids. She's, she just goes, oh, is it? And just completely brushes it aside. Maybe she was drunk. And it's that kind of mm. just kind of whatever reaction. But it seems so n- non unsurprised about that. And the other thing is, if she's having an affair with her trainer, why would she have a picture of him on her phone? Like, maybe you have a picture of like a group class. Yeah, just, just explain if, that if, one. If it's a solo one-on-one session, and she and you're actually the trainer, whether or not you're having an affair, why would you have a picture of that person on your phone? Should we just discuss this right now? I feel like we should. Or do you want to wait, Hambone? Let's get into it. Okay. You're feeling hot. I like it. Let's well, because Neil it. Neil just hit hit us with explain that one, Dirk. So now I want to now I want to talk about it. Um, but no, my thoughts are uh so the last episode, she says that as you just explained, Hambone. And she doesn't have a picture of the trainer. I think that's that's the that's the point. She, she, she said she did though. So correct, then why then why would she, she even show then why would she even say that? Because that's subtle enough that Harper is going to be like, what? Like, what? Do you, this is just your kids. But Daphne is like, hmm, she's a little, she's a little, she's sneaky. She's like, yeah, that is a picture of my kids. Oh, whoops. AKA those kids are my trainers. And why I'm convinced ever this week that that is the case is because she said multiple times, you know, in that conversation last, last episode, get yourself a trainer, Harper. You know what I mean? Uh, as we, I guess are kind of talking about why I think after this week that she is uh, having an affair with the trainer and that it could be um, the dad of her kids is because she's like, well, I'm going to go get a, mas- a massage this week. And uh, it was all, there's too many little subtle like hints about Daphne possibly hooking up with uh, masseuse um, meaning or, or because, or I think that because, she said towards the start of the episode with Cameron, oh, Harper's just convinced you did something bad. And he like, you know, brush, what do you mean? Oh, I did something bad. What do you mean? You know, and he kind of brushes it off. Um, then they go to the to the beach and Daphne's like, I'm going to go get a massage. I need a massage. Da, da, da. She gets a massage. She's gone by herself forever. She comes back uh, or that, that next morning she sits down. Oh, the masseuse really, I think messed up my back. I'm just so sore. I'm like, hmm, very convenient. And maybe I'm thinking about it too much in a, sexual way i suppose but i just think that uh there's possibility that she was alluding in a subtle way to oh you know you need to get a trainer you need to go get a, mas- a massage harper it, she said multiple times the mas- mas- masseuse was so hot he was just sexy he was great Da-da-da. and cameron's like oh yeah was he and he kind of brushes it off i don't know i think there's too many little hints um to that okay didn't didn't convince me but no <laughs> me neither but uh Fine. There. How 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 pissed off will we all be though? There's no resolution to this. The one that are the most time yep. on, and that there's just nothing on it to confirm either way. Yeah, yeah. I was going to mention the same one you said uh, about the luggage a little bit ago, and I will be uh, a little annoyed if that if nothing happens with that. I don't think anything will, but I've been a little invested in that, thinking that there's going to be something. I don't think there will, but I'll be a little annoyed. 
but I will actually be annoyed if if this stuff is just like, nah, forget about it. Like they they gotta at least mention something about why she showed the picture of her kid, you know, something like that. I will be. Yeah, I feel like there's gonna be a lot to unpack next episode. I doubt they're gonna yeah. get to every, everything we think they're gonna get to. Yeah, that's one thing I'm I'm wondering about is there are certain things that have to have answers, but there's plenty here going on that they could just leave up to, you know, leave ambiguous at the end, right? And, and still think- have a, a satisfying conclusion to the story. So I'm I'm really curious to see which loose ends they tie up completely and which they kind of leave to the audience to decide for themselves. Hmm. All right, let's let's get into it. And again, I'm loving the free the free wheeling discussion. If anything comes up you want to get into, let's just hop into it when we're on it. I got here until tomorrow. I was gonna say I got a feeling don't give Dirk those reins, man. <laughs> uh so we get we start off with a pretty serious discussion with Ethan and Harper. And Ethan still isn't convinced that Harper believes him. She says she does. Um, but Ethan doesn't believe doesn't believe that she believes him. And so there there's some some serious friction still there. And Harper Harper says maybe points to something more that doesn't matter whether or not she believes him here, that maybe they're just not being honest about their relationship. Maybe they're not attracted to each other anymore. Or at least that he's not attracted to her. And I heard this, heard this point on another podcast that they t- they talked about how they are so like busy in with their work and everything that they maybe don't spend a lot of like continuous time together. And so they struck a nice balance of his work and her work, their home life. And now they're just together in a way that they haven't been maybe ever. And they're realizing that maybe they aren't as good of fit as they maybe thought they were. You want to take a nil or you want me to go? <laughs> uh, you can start it off. Yeah, I'll, I guess I'll go quick. Um, I I think Harper made some really, really great points during that scene. Um, I think clearly that conversation is incredibly tough and hard to have with your partner. Um, but I think she made some great points. And then Ethan responding with, well, I love you. And like that was probably the worst thing he could have said, I think, uh, to Harper after she kind of is expressing these feelings and thoughts and he's like, Oh, oh, I love you is not enough. And she's like rolling her eyes. Like, are you kidding me? Um, yeah, so I think she you can still love somebody. Right. And not, but not be like a right fit for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, or still be like pissed off or not yeah. attracted to them and still have that kind of care and feeling for them. Yep. Exactly. So yeah, that's kind of what I took away from that. Yeah. And then how much, what kind of what you were saying there where I think Ethan was just so wrapped up in his business that they never spent that much time together together. He was probably gone all day, get home late, be busy on the weekends. And now they're actually together 24 seven and they just don't know what to do with each other. Yeah. And I'm sure most people have been in that kind of situation to some degree. Maybe it's just like a friend you hang out with in a group and and that person's awesome. And you finally hang out with them one-on-one. You're like, Oh, this this is not that kind of friendship. We're great in a bigger group, but one-on-one is not so good. And you kind of have to go through that to to fully re- realize it. And obviously, this is a much more extreme example, much more personal example. But I feel like everyone can probably relate to that to some extent. Yeah, totally. And then Harper has a really good quote that I liked when she says that maybe something died in their relationship. We're too young to be this old. And I, I just, I know that that quote, just like, yeah. oh, yeah, that kind of hammered at home. Like, they're just, they're not acting the way mid-30, a rich attractive mid 30 year old couple should be acting. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that's why, or that's where my feelings 
um, that that part with then Ethan responding like, "What do you mean? I love you is not enough." Like, like that's what kind of solidified it for me. I'm like, "All right, man, you gotta yeah. you gotta come up with something better." Like than that. maybe come when on. maybe when you're 75 or 80 and you're you're putting around the old folks home, maybe that that's gonna be enough. This is why he has so many LVPs. He just sucks too. <laughs> like he hasn't been like a slime ball like Cameron, but it's just like his personality and, and like the shit he said. Yes. Yeah. He's an absolute downer. I love this. We need to let's let Neil take the mic and just vent about it. Ethan. I mean, he, I think he, we I he think could we overtake all... Cameron on the on the LVP if he's not careful. Right. At least like Cameron, it's like you kind of love to hate him a little bit. Because like yeah. sure he's a sleaze ball, but he's like tries to be sly about it, tries to be slick with talking, you know, to Lucia yep. and Mia and everything. And then Ethan is just like, let me sulk in the corner and like yeah. bring all my negative energy to me. Yeah. And even like going off that, which we'll get into, that's kind of how my feelings have shifted this after this last episode with um, Jack in a way, which we'll get into. Mm. But like you said, Neil, it's like Ethan is kind of in Hambage too. Ethan is kind of just like there, just like sulking around and I'm like, man, come on, Ethan. <laughs> But like, did so? Did you guys watch the? I'm sure you guys did the like the for the next episode preview. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So clearly, something with Ethan's going to happen. Whether that was true or was like him dreaming, and they just show it to like kind of lead you in the wrong direction. Talking about when he when he punches Cameron. Yeah, and then he has him like in a headlock underwater too. Yeah, underwater. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I I like how this episode they showed us that they're not afraid to show him like envisioning something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we, we aren't can't be certain if that's a, a real thing that happens. I, I'm guessing it is, but but we'll see. We'll see when it I comes. I just feel like that's like too much to give away if it actually is true. Or if so much shit goes down that it's like a yeah. barely Irrelevant. blip on the radar. Yeah, that's that's true. That'd be, that'd be yeah. awesome. I mean, so yeah, true. Someone's dying next episode, so that's more of that fight. More of a blip. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so then Daphne talking to, talking to, to Cameron and, and she's saying that Harper is convinced Cameron and Ethan did something bad and she kind of says kind of teasing but kind of with some annoyance what did you what did you do this time so so there is you know she's she told Harper that she knows Cameron has cheated so she kind of knows there's something there they, they have such an interesting dynamic Daphne and Cameron I I really I would watch like a two episode miniseries just on them to see what their actual home life and relationship back home is like it's it's so there's so much there to like dive into with how they interact with each other and what they know, what they don't know, what they care about between those two. Well, I feel like they're whenever they talk about like cheating on one another, they're always like doing it in a joking manner. And I think that's just trying to them trying to like hide the fact that both of them are probably upset about it. So they're like, oh, let's just joke about it. I feel like that's something like a lot of people do that they cope with something that they don't like by joking about it just to move on with it. Yeah. Then our boy Ethan can't catch a break. He sees or Lucia and Mia see him and go up to him demanding money from him. And Ethan says we'll pay them because they hadn't been. Also, he could have just blamed Cameron. In unless unless part of that money is for the drugs, but if they owe, owe him 1,800 euros, it's mostly for the sex, I'm assuming at that point. The drugs are are minimal charge. I would assume on that. Well, I he mean, could have said, oh- yeah, Cameron owes you the money. Overnighter was two thousand, so we know that. I am so annoyed with him. I'm at the point where I'm like, I don't even get like worked up or mad anymore when he <laughs> is an idiot like this. But of course, I wrote it down when he. Where is it? Shoot, sorry, I just lost my place. When he is is when they when they cut to so he's he's 
he's already talked with Lucia and uh, Mia, okay? And they then cut to breakfast, and Harper's being weird. And he's like, why are you being weird? You guys follow me? Mm-hmm. Or you know where I'm at? Mm-hmm. I mean, sure. Um, Harper, exp- like, does what she, in my opinion, should have done, just tells him why she's being weird. Like, I saw you talking to those two. And Cameron and Daphne are, like, getting their breakfast from the buffet, and Ethan's like, okay, I understand, like, I was talking to them, but it's not what you think. Like, we'll talk we'll talk about this later. Made me so mad. Because it takes three seconds to be like, yep, I get it. That, like, yeah, didn't look great. But Ethan, I mean, excuse me, Cameron didn't pay them. And you're right, Harper. He asked me to invest in his company. I think he's broke. We'll talk about this more later. I was dealing with that. Like, it takes two seconds to be like, Cameron didn't pay him. And we'll talk about this later. And I'm sorry, that it looks bad, but it, it's not what do you think. And instead, he's like, oh, no, 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 don't worry about it. We'll talk about it later. And then instead of talking about it later with Harper, he talks about it with Cameron, or he's talking to Cameron on the beach in front of Harper without talking to her first. And of course, that's going to make her pissed. He's just, Ethan is such an idiot to me. I do not like him. <laughs> what a downfall. He was such a, like, just like a sweetheart, nice guy early on. And now he, now he, he just sucks. Yeah, he yeah. starts off by being like, come on, Harper, have a good time. It's going to be great. You know, what could go wrong? Yeah. Everything. <laughs> and he's, as- he just doesn't learn from his mistakes either. It's like Harper just wants you to tell her what's going on before she like figures it out or like sees something herself. And he's like every episode, he doesn't do that. And then something yeah. happens and she the, sees it. The less you tell her, the more length you're giving her to believe the worst that she's yeah. thinking when she finds these new clues or new hints or whatever. Yep. Yep. So like you said, he does then talk to talk to Cameron wants wants him to to vouch for Ethan, just kind of just kind of back up his story. Um, so Daphne leaves for the massage and Harper and Cameron go to get some drinks. Ethan sees them talking, looking kind of flirty. And then so Ethan goes for a swim, comes back, sees that Harper and Cameron have left, has a text from Harper. She went to the room to get their hat, goes straight to the room, find the little door latch is locked. Harper opens the door. He notices the door connecting the two rooms is open. Finally, some sort of payoff on that. Now, this is one thing that I that really got probably everyone's attention. What do you think is happening here? Because I have my, I have my thought. I think Harper just fucking with it. I don't think anything is happening. I think she was acting a little flirty with Cameron because she knew Ethan Ethan would be watching. I think she set up the room because she want she just wanted to mess with mess with Ethan, kind of her own little payback. What do you guys think? I mean, I definitely think something happened. I don't think it was Harper and Cameron hooking up what actually what actually happened i don't know but i, I do think it something did happen though so like you think cameron yeah. was in the room and did go back through the door connecting the two rooms like it's what but they I, weren't hooking up but they, they weren't were, hooking up but like something else was he, happening something that, like they were talking about something i just it's gonna it's gonna be something that happens in the next episode we're like oh didn't see that coming between yeah. those two yeah for me i have been going back and forth on this since since watching and I, I think I'm leaning more towards the the like her setting this up but but what I mean by that is I think that uh she almost like I, I wonder if she even talked to Cameron actually about that night because I'm, I'm almost thinking that she made that up when she said to Ethan oh yeah Cameron confirmed everything you said in a way I'm thinking that she maybe has set a lot of this up she opened the door like unlocked it and left it unlocked so Ethan would find it she lashed the door on purpose and then took a little bit to go to it etc 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 uh in order to light a fire under Ethan 
um, to then like call out Cameron. It's bullshit, maybe. Uh, right. And so I was thinking about that during the episode because there was one scene like uh, I think they were at where were they at dinner? They're somewhere, and like it was kind of cutting to Ethan and like he was getting pissed. You could tell like his facial expressions, and like Harper they showed her like drinking her drink. I think it was on the beach actually. And she like looks at him and then like looks back at her drink. And I was like, I wonder if she's like kind of conniving behind the scenes to try to get Ethan pissed off to then stick up and be like, Cameron, Daphne, like we hate you. We don't want to be friends with you. You guys are the worst. Da, 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 da. This is what Cameron did, Daphne, all this stuff. And I, I don't know if that's far reaching, like a far reaching thought out there, too far out there, but I think it's possibility at least. I think it's really interesting that you bring up that you, you're not convinced Cameron had the discussion because when they go back to that down to the beach, you I think you probably needed the subtitles on to, to catch it. But do you guys know that so they had that brief little conversation between Harper and Cameron right before Harper comes back and tells Ethan that he confirmed what you said? Basically, did you guys catch or or have subtitles on to see what what he was actually saying? I did not know. I don't think so. No. So this is the ac- actual conversation word for word. So Cameron is saying he's he's a slime ball. I didn't mean to say he is. He's. I didn't mean to say he's like my best friend or anything. Harper says, I just want you to admit it. That's all. Cameron, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd. he can be a fun time. That's all. That's all I meant. And I <laughs> cannot figure out what that's referring to. The only thing that can make sense is that Cameron is throwing all of the blame onto Ethan for that, for that night when they were together. But <laughs> if it's not that, I have no idea what they were discussing, unless it's something completely irrelevant that we're supposed to realize was not the conversation Ethan wanted them to have. And then if you said Dirk, she comes back to him anyway and says that he confirmed what you were saying. Right. So that conversation, it stuck with me maybe more than anything else because it just, I couldn't convince myself one way or the other what I thought was happening there. Yeah, and I guess the last thing I'll add is I just don't see Cameron... Uh, while he and Harper are having like a one-on-one chat, I don't see him being like, hey, just FYI for you, even if Harper were to ask. uh, And I definitely don't see him bringing him up himself. I don't see him being like, yeah, you know, we did some drugs. We drank a ton. All my idea. I had sex with a prostitute. Ethan didn't do anything. Like, I just don't see him doing that to Harper. He he seems like he's going to go down with his, like, with his lies, go down with the ship. He's going to, you know, do, do what he can to not have that conversation with with Harper, in my opinion. The one thing that would make you think he would is if he actually is broke, if he mm. actually needs Ethan's money, it would be in his best interest to keep Ethan happy. That's mm-hmm. true. That is true. True. But he he is an asshole douchebag, so maybe he would try to save his own skin if it came down to it. But that's the one thing that would make me believe that he would try to... even maybe Even if he wouldn't go the whole way, and, and admit to having sex with Lucia and Mia, at least say that Ethan didn't, at least kind of from that part of the story, try to try to have it both ways, maybe. Um, but that's probably an answer for the finale. Uh, so they, they get to dinner and Ethan and Cameron are there on their own. And this is when Ethan kind of starts getting in his face saying, you know, stop flirting with my wife and know what you're doing. I know you got naked in front of her. And then just kind of asks him multiple times if Cameron was was in their room and Harper went to get her hat. Cameron doesn't answer, just kind of says, what were you talking about? Kind of standard deflection. Um, but then the the ladies get there, so they they stop. And and that's that was the end of that. And then they go back to go back to the room to go to bed. And 
Ethan kind of envisions Harper and Cameron making out. Cameron moving his hands down in the downstairs area to put it delicately. Um, as as Ethan comes back to the room and kind of envisions how that whole situation happened, I thought that was a pretty creative way to 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 do that. Something they hadn't done before this season. And then, like we said before earlier, Neil, maybe it's to kind of get us in the in the mindset that they can do that. So who knows what is actually happening in that finale preview. Right. Yeah. It almost seems like Ethan's like driving himself mad in a way. Dude, he like was said it like he's dreaming maybe or whatever, he, he's, but he's clearly like thinking about this stuff nonstop. He looked like he was about to like pop a blood vessel in his head. He yeah. was, he was, he was on something else right there. Yeah. It seems so like so I wouldn't be surprised that. if he just kind of does explode and just wails yeah. on camera and just maybe doesn't even plan it, but just kind of, he can't contain mm-hmm. himself, himself anymore and just, just does it on instinct basically. Seems like they switched that at first a couple episodes ago. It seemed like they were setting up Harper to like, mm-hmm. she's going to pop off at some time. She's going to, you know, hit her breaking point. And they've kind of shifted that to Ethan now, it seems. Yeah, I think that was like our exact quote is like, oh, she's going to yeah. snap and like definitely reverse to him now. Well, depending on what she's doing with, with Ethan, she is kind of snapping, but I feel like not in the way any of us thought she she's would. doing. If she is, she's doing it very strategically and very yeah. well. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like she maybe snapped internally and then is like, okay, what can I do that's not going to yeah. be like outwardly outrageous or violent or awful? What can I do to kind of mess with him a little bit? Mm-hmm. And even if she is, there is something happening between her and Cameron, whether it's hooking up or not, I think she's adding fuel to the fire intentionally. I, I feel like she's not she's not dumb. I feel like no matter what, she intentionally left that door open yeah, in agreed. the rooms. Whether or not Cameron was in there, I think that was a conscious decision to do that mm-hmm. because she knew Ethan would notice it. And that's not something that she would just forget to do, I feel like. So I think going into the finale, and maybe we'll rehash this at the end, this is still the storyline, This these foursome that I'm most interested in and in seeing where it all where it all turns out. Agreed. All right, anything else on that group before we move on to the the boys' day out to <laughs> Testa de l'Aqua? I don't think so. Yeah. All right. So the days finally come for the DeGrasso boys to find Bert's family ancestry. LB brings along Lucia as their translator. And one thing I want to mention quick, and we'll see if you guys caught this or if there's anything else to read into it. Before they leave, a bellboy calls Lucia over and says, can I talk to you for a second? She goes over and that's it. It maybe was just a way to get, get her away so Dom could try to talk LB out of bringing her along. Maybe something more. Do you guys catch that? Have any thoughts on that or not really? Uh, I remember it happening. And I just remember like, oh, that's kind of weird. But then I didn't really, th- I didn't think much about it after that. Yeah, exactly. I, like I thought there was going to be more to it and they just, nothing. The the thing that caught me is that the bellboy knew her by name. Yeah. And we never saw that guy before. At least I don't, I don't think. Yeah. That's, that's the thing that, that got me. It wasn't like, oh, miss, can I talk to you and or whatever. It was, Hey Lucia, can I talk to you for a second? Like he seemed like he knew her on a personal level. Now that like we're talking about this, I'm now thinking that uh, from what you just said, Hambone, I wonder if the bellboy is uh, like friends of Lucia slash um, what's his name, Alessio. Um, Alessio, yeah. Oh, so she was maybe then like, telling him we, where they were going. So exactly. He could tell Alessio. Yep. Which I didn't think about before, but. I didn't think about it right now. 
re- that until now either. But yeah, because Alessio hasn't been to the hotel. He doesn't like. Not that we've seen. seen no. Yeah. No. Yeah. The the that that's that situation that that instance was it just felt off. It felt I off think it's in a way that, that actually that, that felt intentional. It felt awkward in a way that I don't feel like they would let slip through if it wasn't for something. And that would make the most sense. If we are thinking that, that the Alessio thing is more of a setup, it would make sense that he had someone else at the hotel or they had someone right. else at the hotel to kind of work with. Yeah. Um, the car ride was incredible because Bert obviously knows who she is, knows she, she's a hooker, knows Dom and Elliot have, have, have slept with her. So he starts talking to Uchiha, where are you from? How do you speak such good English? What do you do for work? It's so great you have a job and there's so much unemployment in Sicily. And he just, he just given, given Dom these looks. That was incredible. Incredible moment. You know, after the first episode, I'm like, all right, Bert's just playing the grandpa card. Like he has something else up his sleeve that he's going to pull at the end of the season. And now I'm like, no, he's just he's just a jolly old grandpa who's having a good time. Yeah, I absolutely love that uh, scene too because Bert knows what he's doing, but he also knows that LB and Lucia uh, don't, like know that he isn't being the like playing the senile grandpa card you know and so i think he he knows what he's doing it was great he's like you said everyone he's like smirking at uh dom and dom's looking at him like are you kidding me <laughs> um and lucia and elby have at least it seems like they have no idea that uh what bird's doing uh but i will say just to back up quick right before um uh lb introduces introduces lucia to dom and, and bert i actually really liked that little uh uh, like 30 second scene or connection between Bert and Dom. I thought they, they did a nice little job of kind of showing a little bit of a connection or at least them making progress this episode. And I enjoyed that. Yeah. Dom's gotten such a sh- kind of a short end of the stick. Like we said, someone has to in a, in a show like this, but I think it, it sticks out and you've got somebody like Michael Imperioli, who's like, he was in, in the Sopranos. Mm-hmm. Arguably the best show of all time, if not the best, one of the best. Do you think and so? Do you think that? Probably not. It probably way too, too much <laughs> toxic masculinity for him. Um, also, I read a great article just shredding like why LB's takeaway of The Godfather is awful. Like you're not you're not supposed to idolize Michael Corleone. Like the whole story is his tragic downfall. He wanted nothing to do with the family, and he gets roped in, and he becomes corrupted as corrupted as everybody else. You're not supposed to leave the movie being like, oh, I want to be Michael Corleone. No, he read the whole thing wrong. Not around that again, which you don't need to be. But yeah, LB sucks for his takes. I wonder what his favorite movie is. It's probably a terrible one. Anyway, that if it if it was like a, a lesser known actor, it probably wouldn't stand out as much that Dom is kind of getting not a whole lot to do most of the time, but that because it is, it's Christopher Moltisanti, who also, I, I hate his character. He sucks. Um, different topic, different time, but that he would be, we wouldn't maybe wouldn't be thinking as much about that. Um, but I do hope he gets something to do in the finale. Just I kind of hope everyone has their moment, and whatever yeah. it might be, mm-hmm. even if it's a bad moment, have have everyone have like a signature scene or line or something in the finale. But you know, we'll we'll see how that pays off. Um, well, I think Dirk, did you touch it on you thinking you're like that Porsche and Albi are kind of going to connect back together? Was that you that said that? Yep, and especially after this yeah. episode, I really think so. Yeah, I do too as well because I think, I think we'll we'll touch on that later with uh, what happened with Porsche. Yeah, Porsche had a had a rough episode. Yeah. 
Um, so Lucia does find out that there is a DeGrasso family still living in Testa de Aqua. And so they make their way to them or make their way to leave to visit, go visit them. Um, but then they see Alessio. He had followed them on, on, the, on their drive and they start driving away. And then Lucia eventually tells them to stop and she'll talk to him. They start arguing. And then Lucia says she'll go with them, go with him. And Dom and Albie both try to talk her out of it, but she insists she'll be fine. And again, it just felt so, keep going back to this word, convenient that Alessio just happened to be there, happened to show up when they had stopped. No other cars and, on the road, just, and, just those two. And she and she's able to have them see her with him once again with Albie mm-hmm. in a moment of kind of despair, potential danger. But he, he's not waving a gun. He's not pushing her or yelling at her. He's talking sternly. He's got his hand on her arm. But it's nothing that's, it looks bad. But it's nothing that's like outwardly threatening about the way he's talking or approaching her. So it's still, I I don't think it's on the on the up and up. I do think they're they're in cahoots or she, or he's a partner of hers that she's trying to get more money or get a trip to L.A. or something out of it. Yeah, I agree for sure. Uh, so they get to the DeGrasso house and they meet the two women there, but without their translator, they have no way to communicate. Eventually, LB finds a. Tra- uh, Google Translate or whatever to say that um, they're their cousins, so that Bert is is their cousins, and they ask to go inside to to say hello to their mother, and she she just yells at them to leave. Oh, she was not pleased. No, well, I wouldn't be either if I can't understand why why these strange people are coming into my house. Mm-hmm. I can't communicate. I mean, yell at them too. That was a and great then, idea. And then she does she does yell at the end. You want the pretty money? Shame on you. Yeah, I didn't understand and, that one. And and that stuck out to me again, kind of like the bellboy thing. Like, it's just this one off quick moment. But is that hmm. going to come back? That's a it's a it's a really weird phrase. The pretty money. And and it seemed like she thought they were coming there to take her money or take their money. Yeah. I mean, it could have been something. What was it? Bert's mom move it move from there. Like maybe she like stole money and moved and like flew or uh, fled to the u.s or something yeah so what that's one one of the things i'm keeping my my eye on for the finale see if it comes back um it could just i mean again it could be absolutely nothing that means doesn't mean anything um so we get get to their scene at dinner mia's singing again and bert goes to talk to her says you're better than the last guy he was terrible poor poor giuseppe Mm -hmm. he's had he's had a rough run this entire season think he'll be back Think we'll be back next week. Think we'll see him again. You, yeah, oh, just I'm sure. Said. Yeah, yeah. I was a little. That's another thing we can add to the list of. I'll be a little annoyed about it because a couple episodes, you know, we were speculating with Valentina saying, "Oh, Giuseppe will be back Thursday," and I think this last episode was technically Thursday. So, so I I was think... rewatching the episodes. And I don't yeah. think I caught it that time. I th- I thought she said in a couple days. Oh, okay. So maybe we just and I might have just had Thursday in my in mind for some random. I, th- I did I, too for some reason, but mm, okay. But we'll see. So it might have just been a couple. Okay. That e- either either way, though, a couple days will at least if it wasn't this episode, it's next episode. It, yeah. Either either be, way. Um, okay. Ah, uh, so then then Lucia comes back to Elby's room. She looks sad, upset, downtrodden. Could just be acting once again. They go to the beach. They're talking, and Lucia says Alessio just wants to control her. LB asks what it would take for him to let her go. And she says money. He says, I owe him. Once again, 
I just broken record here. I don't buy it. Yeah, I feel like she could just give that family those like three guys a number and they're like, all right, we'll pay him. So he's not bothering you anymore. Easily solved. I feel like she's yep. trying to work it so that LB kind of insists upon it so that she's not actually asking for it or mm. or she's just trying to get him because she said twice now it's her dream to go to LA. Maybe she doesn't want the money. She wants to get to America. And maybe she's trying to work it in that sense, but she's trying to it, it's a fine line to walk to get that request to go through. So she that's my thought though. I'd say America first, money second out of that. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything last on that group before Tanya and Portia? Nope. All right. So at breakfast at the at the at the palazzo, Tanya warns Portia that she should maybe slow down with Jack. Uh, she says something about his relationship with his uncle. I don't think it's his uncle, and but she doesn't tell Portia what she saw. What do you think about that? Actually, I'm really sorry. I did have one more thing to add for the yeah, last group. Yeah. Uh, I just realized that I, I missed it. I just wanted to mention uh, Bert. I think it was Neil who said it. Like, maybe it was him. Either way. I thought Bert was great this episode. And I really liked this line. Uh, when when <clears throat> Dom and Bert are introduced to Lucia, Bert's like uh, tell, talking to Dom because Dom's freaking out. And, you know, Bert's like, get it together, basically. And he goes, can't you just be cool? Get it together. He's like, don't <laughs> give, don't give yourself away. And Dom's like, what do, what do you mean? And he's like, can you just be cool? Get it together. I thought that, that like back and forth was awesome. All right. So back to Tanya and Portia. So like I said, Tanya does not tell Portia what she saw with Quentin and Jack. What do we think about that decision? You go first, No. I think, well, they're kind of like stuck where they are right now. Like they got there via boat. They don't have any way to get back as far as I'm aware. So I don't think she wants to, I guess, scare her. Whereas Tanya, maybe she wants to kind of be on her toes a little bit, you know, see what's going on, even though she kind of lets loose a little bit later. But I think that kind of plays in it too. She just knows like they're kind of stuck there and there's not much she can do about it. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't think about think about it like that um i was more thinking that i think they've slowly a little bit started to give tanya um a little more depth to the to her character like we talked about ambon last week um and that was kind of echoing my thoughts on that like it i thought that it was maybe just showing that she does care about um portia at least a little bit it seems and she didn't want to like completely you know like break her or her feelings or whatever by like telling her this info but instead so instead she just kind of like warned her to be careful and was maybe just hoping uh Portia will f- sort of figure it out on her own um at the same time yeah it's hard not to think like why don't just tell her so then you at least both know what's going on and and she's not like what are you telling like why are you saying that Honestly, yeah because then, then they can kind of stick together if they but I feel they like even if she know... yep. go ahead, go ahead. I was oh, going to say, go. I feel like even if she told her, I feel like Portia would be like, oh, yeah, okay, lady. Because like, I feel like half the time she's not even taking Tanya serious with what she's saying. Mm, I feel like yeah. that would be a tough one because it's not like she's talking about her her tarot cards or her, her aura or but anything. But it's just like, like sub- such it's, an it's obscure nothing, thing to say. That's, that's kind of the thing, though. It's something that she saw. It's not like mm-hmm. it's some very subjective, weird belief 
mm-hmm. she has. It's like I saw this happening. But yeah, maybe she knew that Portia wouldn't believe her if she told her specifically. But I I just think they could have kind of teamed up in a sense. Like, okay, mm-hmm. we're we're gonna stay together today until we can get back to yeah. the resort and make sure things are okay. Um, but in any event, that's not what happens. But then she has a nice little conversation here where she tells Portia, she reminds her of a younger version of herself that her mother, Tanya now, dressed her up like a little doll. She always felt like a little doll, just waiting for someone to play with her, just kind of sad to think about. And then that's what happens at the end of the episode that yeah. she gets dressed up and just kind of, in a sense, played with for the entire yeah, party. Pretty um, much. So that was a good little callback. And then she says, when you're empty inside and have no direction, you'll end up in some crazy places, but you'll still be lost. Just, I thought, a nice little sentiment. And then Portia says, what are you trying to say? She goes, get your shit together, Portia. <laughs> I wrote that quote down too, Hambone. I really, really liked that quote like a lot. And I thought that was another good example of um, the the writers sort of giving a little bit more depth to Tanya's character. But then I absolutely loved how Portia is like, you know, she's like, what do you mean? She's thinking about it. And then they just go right back to classic Tanya. <laughs> Get your shit together, Portia. <laughs> I thought that was just great. That that was solid. Yeah. Um. Then we get to, or we get Jack's first appearance in the episode. And the clues just start falling about that they're, Dude not, it was just on, a wreck, man. Not on the like, up and up. Um, he says they got a car for the day uh, for him and for him and Portia that Portia says she's down for anything, wants to be back for the party. He decides that, yeah, 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 we'll, we'll be back. We'll be back. And at that moment, you knew they would not be back if, as if there's any doubt. But you knew right away the way he kind of just dismissed it that they they wouldn't be back. And then then Quentin's kind of watches them drive away, which felt a little on the nose. Yeah, because he had, he had this like sinister look in his face. Like, yeah, everyone watching knows what's happening by now, or at least knows kind of the idea of what's happening. Mm-hmm. We didn't need him watching, smoking that cigarette to know that they're in cahoots. But it is what it is. Minor, minor nitpick, minor quibble. And just maybe, to add to that, go ahead, Neil. I was going to say, maybe it's just for, uh, just in case you guys don't realize it yet, let's have Quentin watching the car on the way out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I... I, I know we're all kind of on the same page with this, but I've noticed with Quentin too, they definitely are adding some like ominous kind of music a lot of the times he's around. And I just have noticed that. So I want to throw that out there. And so Portia and Jack are hanging out, drinking some Peronis like Jack wanted to, except he's just drinking Budweiser. So don't know if that means anything, but I thought that was kind of funny. Wait, Specific- What? He specifically mentions like a nice Italian beer to have. Then when they're at the beach, he's drinking Budweiser. Yeah, they, they probably paid HBO money to be in it. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, I, I, just, I don't know. I think it's just, it's kind of funny that he's, he that mentions is, yeah. this, this specific beer that's that's pretty decent at least. And then he's just drinking something basic like that. But anyway, probably means nothing, like you said. Um, and Portia just asks him as a standard out of the blue question, do you have any goals? And and then he asks her and she says her goal is to be satisfied even with the world she says literally falling apart and jack just kind of laughs at her kind of like um this kind of echoed the talk early on with with harper and and Cameron daphne where she she says like watch the news like with everything that's going on in the world and portia kind of has that same viewpoint and jack's just like we literally live in the best time in the history of the world to be alive like you want to live in the middle ages where everyone just carving themselves up killing each other I, like how, I think he adds to he's like, we're on the best planet. And I was like, oh, because you've been <laughs> to other planets and no. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's got to have a, a little little dummy comment there. He's making good yeah. points. Like, yeah, st- statistically speaking, I guess you want to say it. It's the best time to be alive in the history of the world, and and she she kind of goes back a little bit on it. Um, but I thought it was nice to gave Jack kind of an actual intelligent moment before he becomes just a blubbering idiot for the rest of the episode. Um, so then, sorry, can I cut in? Yeah. Did, did, <clears throat> Did you have any like more to say on that? Because I, I absolutely that's like one of my favorite scenes of the entire um show or season. I would say with Jack, the, with Jack and Portia. Yeah, um, go for it. The, the scene being Jack and Portia drinking beers like on the boardwalk or whatever you want to call it. I absolutely love this scene. I because it made me like really just in general. Well, I guess one one, it made me appreciate and like Jack. Um a ton more than, than I originally thought. Like I was the one, I think that when you were being like, you know, we needed this, they needed like a shot in the arm hand when you were saying a couple mm-hmm. episodes ago. And I'm like, nah, this guy sucks. I don't like him. But I really, um, I really enjoyed that, uh, scene because I think that at the end of the day, like, I think they're both, um, they're both right in a way. I think that, um, like it, it Porsche's right where there's a lot of, shit going on in the world like it's awful at times but i also think that jack is right in in yeah but like you you have to live in the moment and realize that a lot of uh us are privileged in a way that that others aren't um and you need to appreciate that too so i thought it was like it really gave him some depth um and you kind of understand him a little bit more as along with porsche too it just is like she's clearly going through stuff so it just seemed like a real conversation actually to me and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think Jack was definitely in a dark place before. And then whatever his relationship with Quentin is, is he's been giving a second chance at life. And he's been really appreciative of that. Except, I mean, whatever he's doing for Quentin is obviously shady. But I think he really appreciates what he has now than where he was before. Yeah, I think it's like um, uh, like the writers did a great example of showing two different uh people in life with Portia, you know, she works for like a billionaire and all this stuff, but she's like, the world's horrible. And she's thinking this way. Whereas Jack, we don't, we don't exactly know, but it sounds like he just had possibly had a terrible upbringing or got himself into a horrible situation that Portia probably hasn't been through. I'm guessing. Um, and this is all speculation, but I just thought the writers did a good job of like Portia has valid points and is thinking a certain way. Uh, but it was in my mind, it was nice that that Jack then was like, well, here's how I feel about what you're saying, and I, I per, personally, in my opinion, I think the answer, there's no like you know correct answer, but I think it's a little bit uh, of both. Like it, the answer lies in the middle of how they both feel, and so I thought it was cool that like Porsche's expressing one thing and Jack's like, okay, what about this thought process? And it was the exact opposite almost. I just thought that was pretty cool. Uh, lastly, though, I will say that. Uh, he was like saying all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, like, I, like that makes a lot of sense. What are you saying? I, I agree with a lot of that. You know, of course with Porsche too, but then at the end he's like, so let's get pissed. And I'm like, oh man, he's just going back. <laughs> like, let's get hammered. I'm like, here we go. I mean, that's a job for, for the day. Yeah. Yep. So he starts singing. Um, I, I found out is the West Ham United um, football club theme oh. um, fight hmm. song. And a- apparently there were some like huge riots in, I think in whatever city they're in between that city and the West Ham fans. So like, I don't know if this Wait, was, can you say that again, sir? there was, there was like a soccer riot, like fights between fans. 
of just, West Ham, West whatever Ham, team he was. West Ham United, that okay. team, and whatever the local Italian team was. Okay. So, like, realistically, if someone's out there singing the West Ham, the like, fight song, it's not going to go over well in, in that city. So I don't know if that was intentional, just kind of fun joke for those who get it, hmm. but I, I, I enjoyed learning that, that little factoid. Um, just I feel like more. that, I feel like that was on purpose. I think it seems like this show does like gives you a bunch of little nuggets like that, that yeah, only like, a small amount of people will know where it's like, nothing's going to come out of it, but like, yeah, something it's cool. kind of cool. It's like, if like, you get it, it's funny. If you don't get it, it's just a it drunk just, guy being a it drunk. It it's is, just yeah. drunk guy singing. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we'll finish with Tanya. I mean, with Portia and, and um, Jack, and then come back to the to Tanya's Tanya's epic party time. Um, so they actually, so Portia keeps trying to get Jack to go to leave to go back to the party, but he's not having it. He's just he's pissed, as he would say. He's drunk right now, hammered. Um, so they they just go get a hotel room, and um, Jack says, "Oh, it's a nice room. It's free." And Portia says, "Must be nice to have a rich uncle." And this is when we get some more official insight um jack says he's not actually rich i mean you see how he lives just with all the the parties and the island and all the fancy the way he just spends his money um and he said that that jack or that quentin was maybe gonna have to sell the palazzo his family's house and portia catches that jack didn't say our family he said his family um and and jack never says to portia one way or the other he never confirms, never really answers the question if he actually is Quentin's nephew. And I think we're all hoping he's not at this point. Um, but Jack says it's fine that Quentin's coming into some money. And he's help, he's happy to help Quentin because Quentin helped him. That um Jack was in such such a fucking hole, as he put it. Quentin helped him out of it. He says, No one's perfect. Sometimes you do things you don't want to do. And kind of like the scene with him and Portia, this one gave Jack a little more depth that yeah, he's, he's kind of an ass, but part of it might be he kind of feels that he has to do this for Quentin. And I don't, what do you guys think? Do you, do you think we need to know Jack's full backstory or do you think this is enough that he was in some dire straits, whether he was homeless, drug addict, whatever it was, and Quentin helped him. That's all you need to know. Or do you, do you think we, we need to know the specifics of that situation? No, I think what, what he was just pretty much mumbling in the hotel bed was was just plenty for, for his background. I think, yeah, I agree with Neil. I don't, I don't think, think, I don't think anything more is going to like come into the story and like play a big factor at all. Yeah, I think there's other uh, characters that we would that would that need to be like flushed out more than that would that would be. Yep, I I would agree. I'd agree a hundred percent that. If they give us more and it doesn't take away from other characters, I'll take it. But if this is all we get, I think it's plenty to to just to give us, you know, the motivation, if you will, for where where he's coming from. But um, but then now now Portia is realizing that something is is not not quite right, to say the least. And back at the house, um, Quentin is prepping Tanya for the party, telling her he's found the perfect arm candy, Niccolo. And she asks what he does. And he says, oh, this and that. He may or may not have connections to a very influential local family. I'm going to bet not. I think that's all just an act <laughs> to play to Tanya. Um, do, you think, do you think there's any chance he's actually uh, mafioso? Or do you think that's just Quentin just kind of playing it up? I think most of the stuff Quentin's doing is uh, 
not not exactly true. So I think, yeah, I think you're right with that. Yeah. Yeah, um, I agree with that. He also says that he supplies all of Quentin's parties with the best party favors. Um, in this case, a bag full of cocaine is the favor. Um, so Quentin introduces her to Niccolo, and they get her to do a line of coke. And at this point, I was wondering if the coke was maybe laced with something. It wasn't. I was a hundred percent convinced it was unquote, just they... coke. But then, then Niccolo and and Quentin also do lines off the same. Yeah. Same set. So I'm then like, I was I'm like, like, okay. I'm like, if Tanya doesn't say, like, yeah, I'm in, but like, you do that first. Like, if she didn't do that in my head at, at the moment, I was like, she, like oh, something's she's gonna happen. Something's yeah. going on here, and then. Yeah, I was wrong. And they they partook partook, and uh, we'll go from there. Yep. So they they keep doing cocaine. They start making out a little bit. Tanya finds a gun in his cocaine bag, and the gun doesn't play into come into play this episode. Um, but do you guys know if I if I say Chekhov's gun, do you know what I'm referring to? Yes, but I'm probably gonna need a refresher on that actually. So he said I, I he wanna, needs to know. Well, I know the theory. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do just want to say one thing really quick before you get into that. Uh, I loved what Tanya's like. <laughs> I think it was right before that. She's like, does some cocaine and whatever. And so do they. And she's like, I love your big pupils. And then like, she's like going through the bag and she's like, oh, you carry a gun? That's so sexy. <laughs> like, oh my <laughs> God, Tanya. But yeah. So so Chekhov's gun, it's it's like a, a writing principle that, in essence, you don't introduce a theme or some sort of you know narrative or element to a story if it if it doesn't have a purpose. So like mm. to draw attention to the gun in under this it would mean that the gun is going to play a factor at some point. Yeah, and, I was thinking it was like the theory was like in a in a um story or whatever. Uh, every everything, every element, so to speak, is is like uh, important or necessary. Well, it's, yeah, that's a different mm. way to, to say the same thing. That yeah, yeah. The, the okay. gun has importance because it's included in the story, like specifically. Yeah, okay. And that it wouldn't, so it wouldn't just be there for for Tanya to say, "Oh, you have a gun," mm. so that there's if there's no payoff on the gun this episode. By that principle, yeah. there will be a payoff in the finale. And so then there are other things you can look to that would have the same kind of concept. So in the premiere, they're talking about um, the story of the woman who chopped off the dude's head. And they kept showing those statues. Someone may not lose their head, but they might lose their head figuratively, potentially. Like if if Ethan snaps, maybe he's you know losing his mind, losing his head. That that's probably mm. going to come back into play. Mm. So there are, there are a few things like that that are still have to have their full resolution. Mm. Um, but the gun specifically, whether it's going to be, it's used as a threat and ne- never doesn't go off. Maybe it's not even a loaded gun, just used as a threat to Tanya for some reason. Um, but the gun, I'm convinced at this point, will come back into play at some point, somehow. Um, and then, Dirk, we get not full confirmation, but basically full confirmation of the Greg theory. As Tanya finds a picture of a young Quentin and what the audience is at least supposed to believe she thinks or that she believes is also a younger Greg. There's nothing to confirm it. She doesn't say, oh, that's Greg, but it's clear by the picture and by her reaction 
at the very least, she believes it's Greg with Quentin. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it was. I mean, I, I think so too. It's just I'm just saying that yeah. nothing was officially confirmed. Like um, it's close enough to make you think it is Greg, but it could yeah. very well not be him as well. But then I don't know yeah. who also would be either. So yeah. In in I, West, I, I, I was just gonna that? say I think I think it is Greg, um, in in my opinion. Uh and I, I more than that though, I guess what I took away from that scene is like that's another uh, example of like Tanya kind of slowly figuring out like, wait a second, what the hell is going on here? Problem is though, uh, is that Quentin, like, I don't, he clearly doesn't know that Tanya saw this, but Quentin is playing this situation absolutely perfectly. Like Tanya's like sees, sees what she see, saw with Jack and Quentin sees this picture, et cetera, et cetera. But Quentin's like, Oh, uh, you're the guest of honor at this party tonight. We're throwing a party for you. I've known you for four days, which is insane. First of all, but he's like, yeah, you're the guest of honor. And all of a sudden, Tanya's like, oh, whoa, I'm the guest oh, of dude, honor. Like, she's I'm just in. eating that up. Yeah. yeah well, like, I'm, oh, I'm sure assuming that Quentin and Greg are working together, Greg is talking yeah. the, the entire playbook on what to do and right. what's what's really going to get her to just kind of eat it eat out of the palm of his hand, if you will. Yep. Um, yep. But yeah, I, I'm I'm certain that that's Greg. Um, yeah. But I think the, the biggest thing is that she believes it's Greg. So whether or not it is, which again, I'm sure it is, that's that's the main thing to take away there. Um. And then she goes back, or Niccolo comes back, um, fully, fully naked, fully in the buff, and they start getting down to business. We don't see how far they go. It ends with him like rubbing her legs. So, so it's possible they didn't mm. do anything more, but I think the assumption is they did. Um, so the question then, because obviously there's something going on with with Greg and Quentin, but for the prenup. They never got into like the details of it, did they? So like if if they if Greg knows or confirms that Tanya cheats, does that entitle him to any money? I was thinking about that too. But the, uh, the thing but with I have that no is that this is such a wildly elaborate plan. If all they yeah. want to do is get her to cheat. Yeah, it would have been way easier to just like drug drug the drugs and like you know get rid of her that way type of thing. the drugs <laughs> i love that. i love that but yeah but it, you know what i mean like just it'd be no. like oh she overdosed like that well see you later and then he gets all the money yeah it'd be way or if they just wanted her to, her to cheat and, and have them catch her in the act they didn't have to go through all this dog and pony show to to do that mm-hmm. they didn't have to throw this massive party with all these people go to the opera do that whole thing so i i still think they're trying to to kill her i think is the ultimate plan um but that's obviously going to be the big crux of of the finale and we'll get into some thoughts there after we get to the staff story for the evening unless there's any final thoughts on portia jack tanya i just hope portia and tanya connect at some point i just feel like they'd be like good together and uh, I think that might just be me hoping. Um, but it's like, oh, come on. We need, like, I just keep like holding on to the ledge that like Tanya is going to show more than her own like bubble and her own world. And that uh, Portia seems like she's a good person too. And I just think they'd be a good team. And I'm just really holding on to hope. But I'm very ready to be for my hopes to be crushed next week. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like this is a show that there are some things that feel obvious that are going to happen, 
and some that feel obvious that are just going to get ripped out from under us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Staff. Finally, a little bit of depth into, into Valentina this week. It's about, about time. Um, but before we get to that, so she had transferred to Rocco and now Salvatore is talking to Isabella and won't listen to Valentina like Rocco would. Um, so backfiring on all cylinders there. Uh, Lucia and Mia come looking for their envelope. Nothing there, obviously. Um, Valentina then tells Isabella it's her birthday, invites Isabella to go for a drink after work. Isabella accepts, smiling as she always does, just a little sweetheart she is. And then later on, Isabella tells Valentina that Salvatore is flirting with her quite a bit, and that's making her uncomfortable, as Valentina had told her to come to her with, if there were anything like that happening. And and she was hoping that Valentina could send him to the beach club and bring Rocco back. She says she'll move Salvatore right away and that she'll find someone else. And Isabella asks specifically again for Rocco because they're not only they're dating, but they just got engaged. And Valentina is clearly crushed because she was very obviously has a crush on Isabella or likes Isabella or has some sort of romantic feelings towards her. Um, so she says she'll have to think about bringing Rocco back. And then she says, oh, I just got this crazy headache. I have so much work to do. We'll have to cancel cancel the drinks um and i was ready i went back and forth on my lvp this week i was ready to give it to valentina because she was just using her power so annoying yeah mm-hmm. power you know to kind of get what she wants and then punishing people when it doesn't go her way but then she gets the scene with mia and i i had to go back on it because we do get some more actual insight into her yeah as a person um she's so Val- valentina's talking to me at the bar and Valentina says she's never been with a woman. Mia asks why. Valentina has an answer. Um, Mia tries to kiss her. She rejects her, saying, not here. And this is when she says there's an empty suite on, on the second floor. So I'm assuming the the wet rag room 222. Don't, don't know if it gave me any significance to that, but I'm assuming that's probably where it went. Um, so they made it the room. They they get busy. But we get, it's after all these kind of just kind of blips of Valentina. We got some more depth that there's more underneath the surface. There's more complexity there than they had shown us. I wish they had explored that more throughout the season than just kind of waiting until the end of the second to last episode to do so. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. I thought that um, Armand, the hotel manager or whatever in the first season, was one of my favorite characters. And I think part of that is because we like, I felt like I actually sort of knew who he is, who he was with his like a drug addiction or whatever it was. I shouldn't be laughing at that. Sorry. But <laughs> some of those scenes uh, with like, he was just incredible, but uh, um, you know, they, we, I felt like I kind of knew him uh, in a way. And so like with everything that happened with him in the end, I was okay with it. Whereas with Valentina, I just, I feel like there's not a connection, a, enough of a connection with her. I think. What do you guys no, think? You're right. There wasn't like a ton of development with her. So it was like hard to to really understand who she was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you could it. tell there was something. She always just kind of looked uncomfortable. But they never really. Mm-hmm. And, and you could tell she maybe she was a little lonely. But they just kind of gave that to you tiny piece by tiny piece. That now there's the payoff, but there's only one episode left much bigger questions that people are more invested in the answers to than just this new development for her. And maybe Mike White mm-hmm. has a genius way to tie it into 
the ultimate resolution, but you know, remains to be seen, of course, but we'll see. Um, Wait, one thing really quick. Yeah. I know we talked about a handbone. She, I'm again, blanking on, on the actress's name. Her facial expressions though, in this episode too, are just incredible. I'm like, she's amazing. Like her eye, you could see her, like her eyes kind of watering. And like when, when Mia's talking to her, I don't know. I just Mm. thought she's, she's great for the second episode in a row with that. For sure. For sure. All right. MVP, LVP, and and death picks. Um, Dirk, you want to start us off? Can you go to Neil first? Because I I have my MVP. I cannot decide on my LVP. I have I have uh, my list here, and I I'm gonna go over it one more time and just pick. Because I right. I'm going back and forth. All right, Neil, are you ready with yours? Oh, dude, LVP was easy. It's Ethan again. <laughs> he did zero. You said to, Ethan. Okay. Yeah, Ethan again. He did zero to help himself from last episode to this episode. He did the same shit the whole time. Just sulked around was pissed off, wanted to blame other people. So, yeah, LVP, Ethan. Uh, MVP, you know, I'm going to go with Tanya. I had a, I had a yep. blast watching her party the whole time, and she seemed like she was going back to maybe her old ways with the, the cocaine, it seemed like. Uh, she goes, she goes, she goes, I haven't done that in a while. She does it, and then, like, it cuts a scene or two later. Give me more. <laughs> Can we look in your cocaine bag? Yeah, yeah. Where, where, where's I your cocaine look. stash? Isn't that right when she finds the oh, gun, too? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you have a gun? <laughs> uh, but yeah, Tanya MVP, which uh kind of like Daphne for you, Hambitch. I think I've had Tanya at least two or three times. That's your third time. There we go. Third time. Really? Um, and then death, you know, with them showing the picture now to kind of hint at Greg is gonna be coming back soon. I'm gonna go back to Greg as my death. All right. Derek, you ready? You want me to go? I'm I'm ready. I'll just uh I'll go with Ethan too. He was one of my three. The other two, um you guys don't even know. One was a quote and one was uh while I really enjoyed Jack, I was gonna pick him or he was in the running because of you know he's clearly this episode showed to me that he clearly is just getting picked like whatever what's his name, Quentin tells him to do, he does. Mm-hmm. It's like go distract Portia. He's like, I'm just gonna go get hammered and go wherever. Even though I, I did like him more. So now that I'm talking about this out loud, yeah, I'm very set on Ethan because Neil's right. He's like, dude, you, I don't think there's been one really positive scene that I did have felt. For nothing Ethan. to redeem himself. Yeah. So I'm going, Ethan, that would be uh, MVP wait, for me. What was your quote? Uh, oh, shit. I close it one second. Hmm. It was uh, the quote. Actually, I don't think I had this written right, but it leads into a, a shot. Which is, which is, I guess, maybe what the LVP would have been, and it would have been that that shot uh, during the party scene of uh, it cuts to like Quentin and he's talking to some lady, and then he like looks at uh, what's her name Tanya, and uh, there is just like um, like a mean vibe I got in his eyeballs, and uh, the quote I wrote down four words, and then I wrote dot 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 because <laughs> I needed to look it up later, <laughs> um, before the party scene that. I just think he is a bad person, basically. But um, I think Ethan deserves my LVP because of everything you said, Neil. And and in general, like he as a whole just hasn't done much for me. So I'm going LVP, Ethan, this time. And MVP? MVP? Bert. I thought he was incredible this episode. I thought he did a perfect job of giving some comedic relief, uh, of playing the senile old grandpa in the car. I thought that was awesome, but I really, really, really liked 
uh, Dom and Bert talking. Uh, there's two scenes, the one I mentioned before, and then another one where I was like, they, they're giving some, some depth to them, like at least a little bit making steps forward. Like, like I'm realizing that that family, LB, Dom, Bert, like they're not harmful people. Like they're harmless. Do they make stupid ass decisions? And I'm, I'm, I'm like, of course with, like with, with, uh, um, Dom cheating on his wife and everything like that's horrible. But in this specific, in this season, in this show, like we haven't seen anything with Dom doing that. I think those people are just, they're trying to figure themselves out. Like they have a good heart. Like Dom showed that by like, we can't let Lucia go with this like horrible uh, pimp or whatever that he thinks and same with LB. And I think Bert's the same way. Um, whereas like, whereas there's Quentin who I think is a harmful person. He's actively trying to be an asshole and connive. But why Bert, I think it's my MVP is because, uh, he was like, he was showing some compassion and, and, and such in these talks with Dom, like his son. I don't know. I just, I appreciated that a lot. And then with that, I thought he was being uh, absolutely hilarious in the car. And I really enjoyed that. And then like old man Bertie has his head all cut up and he's like, you guys are letting Lucia go with him. No, what are you doing? And he like gets out of the car. I'm like, yeah, this guy's great. So uh, I really appreciated that. And I'm going with him. And you say your death pick. Oh, I did not say my death pick. I'm with my boy, Neely Neal. I'm going Greg. I think Greg is getting killed. I think, uh, I think, I don't, I think Tani is coming out of this. I think she's going to figure it out. And I'm again, holding on to that hope that Porsche's coming back. She's going to, I don't know. I don't know if that will happen, but I really hope that they'll be okay. And I hope that this loser cowboy Greg. You don't want to mess with party Tanya. Dude, that was great. I will say that that scene party scene, I'm like, Ooh, is this foreshadowing the death? Because Armand had an incredible party scene. Uh, you know, in the first season, and then he dies later. So I was like, "Oh, I was thinking that it could foreshadow Tanya dying." Um, Interesting, but we'll see. We'll see if that's right or not. That that's Mike White's signature move on the death toll is who's just ever like this epic like, party. Who's yeah, whoever's die dying just has an incredible, like, wild time the night before or the night of in Armand's <laughs> case. Which just really quick that uh, MVP, uh, uh, MVP for last last season, Armand, <laughs> the dinner scene when he's going nuts on all these drugs <laughs> and he comes back to the thing, he does like a line of Coke or whatever it was. And he's like, oh, I nailed dinner. It's <laughs> <laughs> just so good. And he's like in his own world. Like I nailed dinner. Like what? dude? <laughs> and then like, remember when they cut out actually, who's the guy that killed Armand? The, the douchebag that was like really rich. Shane. Shane. They like, you know, Armand, they have the music going and he's like, Hey, he's going crazy. And then they cut to Shane. The music goes away, and he's like looking at Armand, who's like nodding and what you know, like in his own <laughs> world. And that was just so good. Sorry for the ramble, but it's so good. A good, a good one. Worth it. Um, a lot of similarity this week because my MVP is also Bert, almost exclusively for the car ride. Yes. This this was a tough week to find MVP for me, and so so Bert just just fucking with his family in that in that car right because everyone in that car knows different amounts of everything but yep. bert knows maybe the most or something close to the most and he just, he's just messing with his son love love that good and good I laugh love good scenes the the smirk hambone and yeah that, you know i yeah, just love he just that. he knows exactly what he's doing yep uh it's a clean sweep on the lvp our our guy ethan just comes okay, good don't have anything to add to that He's he's such a he he sucks, um, and I'm also sticking with Greg on, on the death. Can you run through the dust, please, one more time. Um, just f- from Where episode one. Yep. 
Yep. So I started with LB, LB, Cameron, Cameron, Greg, Greg. Okay. Dirk had Dom, Dom, Cameron, Cameron, Greg, Greg. Okay. Neil had Greg, Greg, Cameron, Quentin, Quentin, Greg. Oh, I like this. Okay. So like if I would have picked Bert today as my MVP, it would have been the triple crown for us. Yes. Oh, baby. <laughs> Everything would have matched up exactly. Yeah. Um, yep. So just one more episode left. We'll have um the big finale recap. Um season MVPs and LVPs. I'll let's see, I'll run through those current leaders and losers. Um Ethan opens up a two-point lead over Cameron in the LVP, negative six to negative four. And I got to say, I'm, I'm so glad we are doing this each week because even though Cameron is like, I don't like him as a character like or like him as a person, I guess. It's like if it's Ethan one LVP, Cameron two, Ethan blows Cameron out of the water, right? Ethan's worse. I would rather have Cameron any day. Well, th- this is, I'm looking, I'm looking at how the episodes went. Cameron went negative two episode one. Negative one episode three, negative one episode five. Ethan went nothing in the first three episodes. Then in four, five, six, negative one, negative two, negative three. <laughs> if he could get negative four, I'd give him negative four. <laughs> and for MVP, um, the only one who can tie Daphne and has to be a clean sweep is Bert. Oh, baby. Bert's at two. And could you imagine that's at five? Sorry. <laughs> one second. Um, let's see. Harper's, I was just going to say, if you need, are you looking up stats, Hamblin? Yeah, Harper's at one. Okay. Lucia's at one. <laughs> Orsha's dinosaur. <laughs> oh, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is at one. Hamblin, you said the first episode, we can go back and listen. You said, if you want to think outside the box. No, that. I I, I stand by that. It's still a hilarious MVP point. Porsche's <laughs> gonna have to have an incredible necklace uh, on for <laughs> next week for us to uh, you know get that up the rankings. Porsche's necklace has more points than Porsche. Um, and then and then Quentin, Tanya, Valent, and Valentina all have one MVP point. Um, let's see. Rocco has nothing, but he's barely been in it. That makes sense. That's another one we can add to the list. I think you do will agree. I know Hambone was will because you brought it up, Hambone. I'm a little bummed about that. I was really hoping we could get a little more out of Rocco throughout this season. One more episode. We'll see. Yeah. Um, Portia also has nothing. Um, Dom has gotten nothing. And LB has zeroed out. He has one MVP point and one LVP point. So he's at least gotten recognition. But only a few characters have gotten gotten nothing. Everyone's gotten mentioned one way or another, it looks like. Um, so for the finale, a couple things. We'll go through our through the points, who the MVP and LVPs are, and then we'll go over probably so just some things to think about as you head into the finale. Who you, maybe your personal MVP and LVPs are for this season. Um, not, to, not necessarily based on the points, but just the season as a whole, how they their character arc maybe finished or didn't finish. Um and then we are going to do some season three discussion is the plan. Cause we know it's been renewed. So a few things to think about where would you want to see it filmed? Who do you want to see casting it? Maybe a few options for, for casting. Um, and do you want it to be a death again? Or do you want to switch up the, the theme on that at all? And then anything else that you want to talk about for season three. Um, but before we sign off, 
on this episode. Do you have any any big predictions for the, for the finale? Whether whether it's death or just how a certain storyline ends or anything at all, any anything you want to throw out there, get on record for what's going to happen in the season two finale next week. I have a thought for season three, just really quick. What if season three White Lotus was in the Wisconsin Dells, you know, Florida Park capital of the world? <laughs> Save it for the episode. And there's... Yeah, no, like he's living. When he says season three, I thought I was thinking, like you go location. I'm like, oh, where would it be? Where do... Oh, Wisconsin Dells. Um, maybe we can discuss actual thoughts and then and then like yeah. funny, funny ideas like that because that, that's Ooh, a hilarious boy. idea. I do like that. that. Yeah, that is a great thought, Hambone. I like that a lot. Let's yep, let's do that or workshop that and do that. But to answer your question, I I have, if I'm being honest, I have a lot of like ideas, thoughts, but I have zero clue what's going to happen, and I think that's why I love this show. Like anything could happen. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I have zero clue what direction they're going to take with this. I don't have no, like a no one wants yeah, to throw out anything. Like I don't have a I don't have a like this is what I think. But oh, if you want some thoughts, bro, man, I'll throw them out there. <laughs> yeah, let's have it. This is, I mean, we're running out of time. All right, I think Greg. It, correct me if I'm wrong. Actually, with this one, the party like I know Tanya was like hooking up with that with the whatever his name is that guy. I suppose, mm-hmm. but the party wasn't like we never saw the party end, so to speak. No, like, you know, nope. it's not tomorrow. It's not the next day. So I'm thinking, Greg, I think Tanya, maybe she's like, you know, I don't want to do this um, with this guy next episode. I'm thinking we're going to get a little bit more of this party scene. Maybe not party scene, but Greg is going to come back like he's going to be a part of this. I think this party or these guests. And I do just want to say one more thing about that. That is so insane to me. If you're telling me that I meet this, these like this group of people that for whatever reason is obsessed with me, I'm like, all right. And then a day later, they're like, we're going to take you to, to a, on my yacht to wherever for two nights. It's like, okay. And then the next day they're like, we're going to actually throw a party with a bunch of people in this random like island on my yacht or, or from that we got to from my yacht. And like, you're the, the guest of honor. If that doesn't like ring some bells in your head, I don't know what to tell you. Like, what do you mean I'm the guest honor? You don't even know me. You know what I'm saying? Well, I think that plays into Tanya. Is that yeah, yeah. there are there are only a select group of people that that would work on? Like, yeah, imagine if we're in Sicily and we meet the group of people and like we met you a day ago. We're gonna throw a party in your honor. Yo, Neil, I have like, an idea. That's really weird. I'm kind of in because that's awesome, but I'm really weirded out. I'm probably not gonna go to that. Neil, great idea. Hambone, I love that. Let's go somewhere. I mean, we've talked about this three of us at a little vacation somewhere. And Neil, let's throw a handbone party in this random place. Where are we going? Oh, well, see, that's very different than Wisconsin Dells. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer Coolidge is just is just in line of the, at the point of no return at Noah's Ark. Hambone and I, like, <laughs> wait, what? Hambone, Neil, and I, are, hold up. Are they filming season three right now? Wait a second. All right, Neil, anything you want to put out there for the finale? Anything you want to get on record? So when you're right, you can throw it in our faces. You know, I, I don't. I, I don't have anything. No, no big. Uh... Big things like Derek had. All right. I actually, I'll get something on record, Ironbone. I'll be serious now. I think Portia is getting, I think Portia is making her way back to uh, the party or the location of, of whatever city they're in, I guess. Um, and I think Portia is going to warn Tanya or like talk to Tanya. And then that in turn will make Tanya open up to Portia a little bit more. I think they are going to team up one. I think Lucia and Lesso and all that, that's all they're like, that's probably like her boyfriend or something. Like that's not her pimp. And he's not a bad person to, to her. I mean, they're working together. 
too. I think LB is going to do something stupid because of that and try to be like a hero. And that's just not going to go well. Um, and then lastly, I think, uh, I think there's another like uh trick up the sleeve regarding Daphne. I think we're going to, I think Daphne was very quiet this week and the last two episodes, she, we were learning more about her. I think she's going to come in. She's going to, something's going to happen with her. And I'm going to put all that on record. I like it. Um, I have something that I'm going to save for next week about a certain, no, no, because it's not a prediction. It's, it was from an, it's from an interview after the premiere with one of the cast members. And this cast member said the favorite thing that their character gets to do is in the finale. Oh, so that that's all they said, which obviously I'm not gonna tell you that even. Um, so I'm going to make, I'm going to put it in my finale notes right now to go back to that. Um, Where, what website can I find this interview? I don't know. I'll tell you, I'll tell you (laughs) after if you really want to know. Um, but all, all this person said is their the, their favorite thing their character does, or like the, maybe it was the coolest thing their character does. Can't remember how they worded it. Okay. Um, isn't until the finale. Um, so if you really want to find it, you can just look up. It's from like a major website. It's not some obscure, like local paper and stuff like that. It's from a major one, so you could find it if you really wanted to. Um, so we'll see if anyone hits on that or has hit on that. Um, for that character. Um, but. I'm gonna say, with the with the guests that drown, that that's the thing that all all the guests drowned. It's not like we found we found a guest with a gunshot wound or you with think their all head the, chopped all off. The or whatever. Bod- like the the line of there's multiple bodies, they all drowned. Well, that's what he says. He said multiple guests drowned. Oh, really? I thought I thought it was like Valentina said like. Valentina asked a question about, you know, the person that did drown or that was found in the ocean. And then I thought Rocco, it was Rocco, right? Rocco responds with, um, like, there's multiple guests that are dead. I didn't think he, like, clarified how they died. Well, I guess I need to go back to the, go back to the premiere now. Great. Because this would be good to know exactly what, what the wording was. Well, I guess I was pretty sure it was Thursday too, so I don't know. Neil, any thoughts? Uh, we're about to find out. <laughs> oh, are you going right now, him? Yeah, I'm going right now. Mm, very interesting. Neil, gun to your head. Right. Uh, uh, what that Tanya's boyfriend's gun to your head. One, one uh, guest theory on record for next week. Hit us with it. Um, we'll go. I'll go with when I said that Harper and Cameron were hooking up in the room. Uh, I think they Ooh, are teaming up somehow baby. to do something. I love that. Couldn't tell you what it is. Probably something to get Ethan's demise since he sucks. But <laughs> they they are teaming up for something. And then Neil, the last thing the last thing we see with Ethan is like Harper and Cameron in unison. You're the LVP, Ethan, and then they just like push <laughs> him off the edge. <laughs> okay, yeah. Rocco does say other guests have been killed. Oh baby. So he says oh, he says oh, uh, has been killed. Too. He says August drowned. I think. Oh baby. He says yeah, he says one of the guests has drowned. And then he says there are other bodies, other guests have been killed. So uh, my initial thoughts and I needed to hear what you think too think. My initial thoughts are a guest has drowned, aka someone 
possibly jumped off the ledge, drowns, or, you know, hits the water, dies, drowns, whatever, kills himself that way. Other guests were killed on the boat, Tanya, Greg, etc. See, that, that makes me think that maybe the body is somebody else and it's unrelated mm-hmm. to the other guests. So, like, Greg and Quentin and all those guys can still die. Mm-hmm. But then the... Like, what if Ethan drowns Cameron, and that's the body that mm. that Daphne? Yeah, they were fighting in the ocean. Yeah. yeah, but then, but then it seems like that's because they've alluded or they've shown that in the um, reviews and stuff. Like, it seems like that's not what Mike White would do, you know? Yeah, although like be a red herring. Maybe he thinks because they think it's not what I would do. Right. Doing it is the unexpected decision. Maybe that's just getting a little too in the weeds about it. But <laughs> we were overanalyzing this, huh? Uh, absolutely. There's so Neil sitting here like, can you guys shut up? <laughs> There's that like you're saying, Dirk, that's what I love. There's so many different ways this can go and have yeah. it still make sense and, 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 and play wait, out. We gotta M1, we gotta touch on our boy Neil's <laughs> comment from earlier when you're like, if there's anything you guys want to talk about. And he goes, don't say that. Don't give Dirk the reins. Like, I, every like <laughs> word I'm like thinking about, you know. And Neil's sitting here, Amber and I are like, these, this. Did you hear that they said the word uh, anyways in the third part of this? <laughs> it's like, Shut up. I'm just joking. Yep. This is just great. This is a great show. It's All right, I'm show. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out a prediction or two. Um, Maybe let's hear it. I'm I'm on board with you, Dirk. That Daffy's gonna do something, just because yeah, I want her to man. solidify that MVP point. Uh, for the season, Ambon wants just. You know, I, I want Ambon it so just bad. Wants an alley, you it's, it's like, hey, you just Dude. you just run off yeah. the clock and you and you win, Daphne. Ambon's like, nope, I want to break yeah. the backboard. I want to slam dunk. <laughs> run it, run it up. Leave no doubt. Um, I think LB is gonna catch on, and then then he's gonna realize what Lucci is doing, and and she's and he's and she's not gonna get what she wants out of him. I think they're gonna give LB the Ooh, win. I like that. Okay, I like that a lot. Dude, I'm I, surprised I you so. think that since you hate LB so much. Yeah, I would agree with that. I'm on. That's that's so quite the 180. I just feel like they're gonna that he's a smart this, guy. This is not a season for the scammers, mm-hmm. is what it feels like. Because she's not Ooh. gonna get away with it. Cameron's not gonna get away with whatever he's doing. Quentin's not gonna slash Greg. and Quentin and Greg aren't not gonna, gonna get away with it. The scammers aren't aren't winning this season, is what, is what I'm feeling. Wow. Um mm-hmm. I do think Ethan and Harper. So why do you hate LB then? The Godfather takes, obviously. And and I know you were setting me up for that one. So um I think Harper and Ethan, one way or another, maybe one of them will die. Plenty of room for, for death. Or they get or they choose to separate. They will not be together at the end of this. At the yeah, end of the can, end of the season. They're gonna let me ask you two questions with that. Decide to get separated or or something. In the preview, did you two see uh Harper's like two seconds? She looks at Ethan. Ethan like she's like, What's gonna happen with us? Mm-hmm. Yep. I think that was meant to, I think that's a red herring uh, in the source of Ethan. What It's like, oh, Ethan kills Cameron. What's going to happen to us? But I agree. I think I think you could think about it that way, but I think you're right, Hambone, in that it's more like, like we're not going to be together after this Ethan type of, type of vibe. Yes, that's what I'm going with. Okay. Neil, do um, you agree? Or what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I was going with what Hambone said. I didn't even think about what you said, Dirk. All right, maybe I should have rephrased that. <laughs> I've been like, there's a possibility that she's thinking about it this way. Gotcha. And then here, here's a question, kind of a prediction. When in the episode do you think we will catch up to Daphne finding the body? Oh, 
Because Hamo, actually, Neil, did you, Hamo and I were saying that we were thinking possibly at the end of this episode, we would see like who, who the body is. And then or or we or get to that point again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I was really thinking it might get there. And I think we're close. Um, and I'm saying that because now I'm wondering, maybe they'll start with that. They'll just boom, a, a, a quick open, just like that scene again, which would be wild. And I would love that actually. I think we'll probably get it. Because if there's actual murder, I feel like they'll need time to kind of look into that. It's not like Armand where it can be an, an accident and they can kind of finish it yeah, off I in, in a short amount of time. So I think we're going to get the Daphne part like halfway through. So if it's if it's an hour long at about the half hour moment, if it's little whatever the halfway point episode is, that's going to be about where it comes in. I think I was about to say, is there any chance it's going to be longer than an hour episode? I hope so. Oh. I hope so. Give us a solid 90 minutes. I'd love that. Mm-hmm. But however long the episode is about the halfway point is where I think we're going to catch up to the Daphne finding the body in the water park is my guess. That's a fair assessment right there. Yeah. So I also agree with that. I think uh, realistically that that is what will happen. Um, but I will say that I disagree with what you had mentioned a minute ago, Hambone about um, Armand and, and it murder versus like, wait, you said it was going to be a murder, right? No, no I, like, said, like, I said, I like, said like in season one, mm. they, they can, ha- because it was an accident, they can have that closer to the end of the episode. Because there's not as much like cleanup to do from like story standpoint. Got it. But in this one, if they're investigating how a murder happened, yep. Most likely, unless they're going to leave a whole bunch of stuff unanswered, they'll need some time to sort through yeah. all that from a story standpoint. Yep. So they can't leave it to the to the final act of the episode. They'll need a little bit of time to to work through it all. Yeah. Okay. So that's why. So I disagree with that. I think that. I guess I didn't know this, but now. I'd, that we're saying talking i think that i think that death could be the the person in the water could be shown earlier sooner than that because it's not a murder it's someone that maybe did commit suicide as we had mentioned earlier in the episode jumped off the ledge whatever it is and then that kind of leads like later we find out about the murders part of it but they found out about the murders right away like Valentina goes straight to the beach and Rocco says there's they're still bringing the body off the beach at that point. The one that that Tanya or uh, Daphne finds and he says yeah, yeah. all their bodies have been found. Guests have been killed. So so they know. But you said the quote was someone has drowned. That's the and one that was that, the first thing. That's the one that Tanya finds. But then Rocco knows right away that there are other bodies. Correct. So whether or not, but, whether or not they're connected or not. They they know about all the deaths at roughly the same time. No, okay, okay, fair. I was just thinking that if the person that Daphne like runs into in the water drowns or it was from suicide or whatever, like that's an accident. It's not a murder in a way. Uh, but you are right that then it would have to be it'd be quite the coincidence to then find out like oh five other guests were murdered and like right at the same time that you found someone that drowned. So I get it. Either way, lot well, maybe. of lot of lot of fun discussion. I mean, we went. I think this was the longest episode. Maybe the taste test combo went longer, but for the finale, we'll see what we can get into. What what kind of thoughts Dirk has jotted down to get into for that for next week? Yeah, Dirk, you're a lot of a lot of, a lot of heads, five boys. to six bullet points. That's all you. A get. lot of heads that were shown in this episode, even at the start, and there I were think a lot. Yeah. The 
did you say that each time they do that, there's like it's a it's a set of three? Or am I imagining this? I thought I at never, one point I never said that. I gotta go again listen to all these episodes. I swear, <laughs> like one of the earlier ones, you were like they showed three shot or three different like heads when they were showing the, you know cutting to him, and they did that in this episode. I wrote it down almost every time. So I was like, oh, Hamlin's on to something. But I guess uh, giving you too much credit, bro, man. And I'll take I'll take credit back. Turns out to be true, but no, I don't. I didn't say that. I don't remember anyone saying that. All right, I but... want someone on record. I want someone on record. Oh there's gonna God, be, there's gonna be there's gonna no, be three. No, you, 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 you got to cut you off. You have to there's play records. Three, deaths, three people that are dead total, and that's what the three heads are alluding to. Okay, we'll see. What do you think about that one, Neil? I'll go four people total. <laughs> I actually have a hey handbone question, by the way, too. All right, why not? We're in a in a goofy mode at the end here. Hit me. All right. Hey, Ambage. Hypothetically speaking, if you were in the scenario that one of your friends was newly falling in love with someone uh, and you happen to stumble upon them doing exactly what Jack was doing with his uncle, would you or would you not tell them right away? Or would you go about it a different way? I I think I would tell them. I would as well. Like the drawback of, of telling them is like they don't believe you and they just get pissed at you and you have mm-hmm. no way to prove that it happened and you ruined a friendship potentially. But not telling them. I mean, when you put it like that, it is. <laughs> I feel like the, the it's a high risk high reward i guess where would put yeah, it but like i feel like the risk of not telling them is greater than the risk of telling them but both risks are high neil for different reasons i mean 90 percent chance that my phone's in my pocket so i'll take a video Snap easy a peasy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah neil with a very hand answer rational and fair take there we go but yeah now that you mentioned that I should have thought of myself, but yes, take a picture, get some sort of evidence. Yeah. But, but for this question, I think I'm with you, Ambo. And I think I would, I think as I'm putting myself in, in Porsche's shoes, I would just, just, to, I'd rather know, just tell me, and then I'll deal with the info as, as you know, I deal with the info. Yep. Neil, do you have any Ambo questions? I did not come prepared with one. No one could blame me there. Haven't done, done one in a while. Um, any final thoughts on this episode or thoughts in the finale or do we sign off and just look forward to next week? I got a lot of thoughts. <laughs> well, let's look forward to next week, boys. <laughs> let's hold until next week. All right. Well, this was a great episode. A lot of fun discussing it. I'm sure there'll be plenty of fun topics to go over next week and we'll, we'll cover them all. Rehash season two, look ahead to season three, make some fun predictions or, or hopes and dreams for what the next, next season brings and make sure you are subscribed. Gnome Boys on Apple, Spotify, anywhere you listen. Gnome Boys Pod on, on social media. And for Dirk and Neil, this is Matt Hambage. And we'll see you all next week for the White Lotus Season 2 finale. <laughs>